All right, my friends, the Ultimate OD Podcast. This is an episode you want to listen to if you want to be successful. All right, three things you can do to make yourself more successful in optometry, more successful in life. We'll have a little office talk, closing thought of the episode. This is the Ultimate OD Podcast. Here we go. Welcome to Optometry, the Ultimate OD Podcast, building better doctors one episode at a time. Here's your host, optometrist and practice owner, Dr. Nick Lilly. All right, my friends, the Ultimate OD Podcast, great episode for you tonight. We're going to be talking about three keys to being successful. We're going to use it in the context of optometry, but I think it applies to everything else, okay? So the fall is a time of new beginnings. And uh, the reason I think of that is that's the start of school, the start of sports, the start of just a new season in our life. For some reason, a lot of what we do is catered around the start of the school year. We, if you're listening to this, you're an optometrist, I assume, uh, are consummate students. We went to school for so stinking long that we all can relate to going out of the summer, coming back and starting a new year, just New things on the horizon. We know what we're going after. We're working towards a goal. The thing that I I constantly hear when I'm watching uh, football on TV or talking to any athletes, it's that this kid just loves what he does. When he's not playing football, he's in the gym working on it or he's running routes. Or if there's a great basketball player, even when he's done with football practice, he's getting shots up, right? They're doing what it takes to get better. I've always been so envious of this that competition, right? I don't think you get that for only so long in your life. So when we're in school, you know, high school, college, maybe we're lucky enough we play sports. Then a lot of us realize we're not going pro. So it goes to academia and not everyone's super competitive in terms of academics, but for all of us that went to grad school, went to optometry school, you know, you had to be one of the better students to get into optometry school. And then Few and far between are uberly competitive when it comes to optometry school, but there were a few of us that just wanted to do good, wanted to be the best, and took it really seriously. Might have been overkill, but I was one of those people. Why do I love that? And that's because it's a chance to look yourself in the mirror and see what you're made of. How hard can you work to get a goal? You know, whether it's on the athletic field, whether it's in the classroom, we had a way to just measure ourselves, right? You could say, I worked really hard, I got an A. Or I worked really hard, I did good in football. X, Y, and Z, it all all lines up. What happens when we get out of school? You see, everyone starts becoming marathoners or triathletes, right? Why is this happening? Because we're always looking for a reason to compete, to size ourselves up, to see how good we can be, right? Well, how does this apply to where we're at now? How does this apply to optometry? I think that all of us, if you're running a private practice, have to know what we're working for. That was the coolest thing about being an athlete is you're working for playing time, being all state, being as best, the best you possibly can be. If you're in school, what are you working towards? We want to get into grad school. We want to become an optometrist. Well, now that we've done that, what are we fighting for? What are we working towards? That's where I think knowing yourself is a huge part of success. So you have to figure out what you want out of your career? And this is a really hard question that seems simple. If you just ask someone, what do you want? They'll give you an answer. I want to be really, have a really successful practice. 
But what does that mean? What does success look like to you? Is it developing a niche? Uh, Hitting a certain gross amount? Is it having so much time on your hands? I want to work three days a week and still make this amount of money. What does success look like to you? I'm working with an intern. I've talked to you guys about this. And I asked her to plan out where she's going to be in 20 years. And she said that. It was really clear to her. And I said, all right, where do you want to be in 10 years? She's like, oh, you know, if I'm going to be here in 20 years, 10 years looks a little different now. And then we're working backwards. Well, what does that put you in five? If you know where you ultimately want to be, it's going to really guide your ship, right? So I think that when I talk about all these other things, the three keys to success, you have to know that target though. If you don't know the target, I don't think you'll be able to really be successful because you don't know what you're working towards, okay? So really take a step back and say, what is success for you? Not what success to all the people listening to the podcast that you want to impress or your colleagues, your former professors, or if you're in school, your professors now, your family, what do you think they want? What is success to you? What do you want? out of life. And that can be optometry based. And that's what I'm going to focus this on, but it can be other than that. You know, what do you want to do in the community? What do you want to do with your family? What is success? Okay. Now three key things to make this work. All right. To go towards that goal. Once you've lined, you know, put it out there, you know, exactly what you're working towards. The three things that are absolutely crucial. Number one time at the end of the day, we make time for the things that matter, all right? If you say you want to do something, but you're constantly putting it off, I don't think you really want to do it as bad as you say, right? You will make something that is important a priority, all right? So what do you like to do? For example, me here, I love optometry, all right? If you ask me, I like sclerals. I like to have that as my niche. I want to develop that, but In my free time, am I looking up sclerals? Am I studying all that stuff? A little bit. I mean, I did when I was getting it started, but now it's not as big of a deal to me. I'll try to catch a seminar or a webinar whenever I can. When I go to CE, I always try to get scleral classes in. But at the end of the day, when I lay down in bed and I'm looking at my phone, what am I looking at? And that's, you know, business, how to be a better uh, leader, how to motivate my staff. What do I want to talk about on the podcast? I love talking the business side of optometry. That's honestly my passion. That's what I enjoy doing. Okay. The reason I say this to you is if you love something, it's so much easier to work towards it. It's so much easier to put your valuable time towards that goal. Okay. So the next thing is once you get to that point and you know what you love, you have to say, how committed are you to it? For example, scleral lenses. Let's say that that's what you want to do. You want to make that your niche. You Google scleral lenses. I did it. I searched and in 0.84 seconds, I got 158,000 results. Okay. That's a lot of information. Are you willing to Google that and then go through every single article? Read it like you would, you know, like it's a class, like you're that committed and go through every single piece of information to have that much knowledge. There's few things that you'll actually do that with, but I guarantee there's one or two. What are you going to Google and you just want to keep reading about it? Is it fly fishing? Is it running, working out? 
what is your passion, right? If you are willing to put time towards it, you're going to be so much more successful in life. All right, do the same thing for YouTube. I did the same thing for scleral lenses and you could just scroll down and watch video after video after video. So ask yourself, where are you putting your time, effort, and energy? That's where you need to start putting your effort towards or make that more of your focus in life. All right, so time. I think that's probably our most valuable resource. We, we cover that. Number two, money. If you're willing to put time towards it, are you willing to put money towards an endeavor, right? Because time is kind of easy. You just, it's what you enjoy. Money's a little different. We all have a special, unique relationship with money. Some of us are very conservative. Some of us are maybe a little more frivolous. But if you really believe in something, if you set that target, you're putting in the time, are you willing to spend money towards it? So marketing. If you want to start that niche, and I use scleral lenses because that's something that I'm actually pretty passionate about and I have put money towards it. Uh, but are you willing to market those things? Are you willing to market your office? What are you willing to put money towards in terms of equipment? If you want to grow your office, do you need to hire more staff? Is this something that you're actually passionate about? Now, again, it's easy to say, I'm going to put, I'm going to buy this equipment, I'm going to hire the staff, but are you just doing that to say you're doing it or are you really going all in? For example, you're going to start a glaucoma practice and you need the OCT, you need the visual field. You buy those, what if it doesn't work out? Are you still committed to it? Are you willing to fail? Are you willing to spend money on something and it might not work out? That's, again, a good judge of how committed you are to a endeavor. Are you really that devoted, right? Because if you're willing to spend money something on something, you know, just fringely, okay, you're you're like the uh, proverbial breakfast in the morning. Are you the uh, ham or are you the eggs? One of them is involved if you're the chicken or the pig is really pot committed, right? Which one are you? Are you... Chicken, you're the pig, this is ham and egg breakfast, right? If you're really committed, you're going to put your blood, sweat, and tears into it. You're going to invest in it. So put your money towards it. And I'll tell you this, this is this is probably the biggest enlightenment that I'll, I'll give you with that is if you really like what you're doing, it's worth every penny, okay? If you love glaucoma, if you love scleral lenses, you're going to love getting the latest uh, OCT. You're going to love getting that visual field, reading about it, studying it, and then you can actually put it into practice, right? If you really want to grow your office or you want more time for yourself, you know, that extra staff member that you hired that makes your life so much easier because you can be home at five and be with the kids and family. It's worth the investment, right? Don't let money dictate your life. If you're just grinding away and hitting your head up against the wall because you're afraid to spend some money, let me lay in on a little secret. It's something I learned 10 years into this. You spend money it makes your life easier you're like, why didn't I do this earlier? I love this. This is so cool. I should have done this from the be from the beginning. Okay. So time, money. What's the third thing? The last thing to be successful. All right. And remember, this is any anything. It can be, like I said, fly fishing, running a marathon, triathlons. You know, being a leader in your community, starting a nonprofit. I don't care what you do. Time, money, leadership. All right. You have to live this. All right. Leadership starts at the top. Whenever I go to a conference, uh, any good speaker, usually I hear this in one lecture invariably. And they say that 90% of what you hear at this, at this conference will not be implemented. 
in the other 10%. 5% you're going to try and do on Monday. The staff's going to push back and you're going to just be like, yeah, we'll just go back to what we were doing. Okay? It's easy to make a change. It's incredibly hard to implement it. All right? Some people like hobbies. I've done this for a ton of things where I love to read about it. I like to uh, come up with a business plan, you know, put a little bit of money towards it. It's a hobby. But when it comes push comes to shove, I'm not committed. I'm not going to train my staff and just keep harping on them like, hey, you got to tell every patient about myopia management. You got to tell every patient about contact lenses or sclerals or, you know, whatever your mission is in your office. It starts at the top. If you want to sell more sunglasses and you're telling your staff, this is what we got to do. If you're not preaching that in the exam room and then having it trickle down to them, they're not going to do it. If you want to be more efficient in your workups and you're, you know, come up with a new routine, a new plan, your tech that's been there for 20 years does it once kind of stumbles and says, I can't do this. And you're like, all right, let's go back to the way we're doing because you don't want to make them mad. Do you think it's really going to have an impact? You're going to do everything you've been reading about, researching, put time, effort, and energy and money into? Is that going to work if you don't follow through with it? Absolutely not. That's how you fail. All right? So this is where culture is such an important thing, right? At my office, my staff knows that we're always going to be forward thinking, that, you know, I will come in on a whim and say, we're changing this, but I tell them why. I show them that this will make their lives better. In some way, shape, or form, even though this is going to be difficult, we're going to be better for it, and their lives are going to be better and easier. Okay? So I let them know what to expect, and then I am constantly a cheerleader there on the sidelines. I tell them it's going to be hard. And when I see something you know, falling apart or we're falling on our face a little bit, I'm there to pick them up. I'm never too harsh on them. I don't yell at them. I'm like, yeah, don't worry. We'll get through this. Just get through this. We're going to be fine. And then invariably we get better, right? But if you're not willing to do that and they fall on their face or they're tripping up and you're just yelling at them, that's not going to build a culture of embracing the change. That's going to make you be the office you want to be, Okay. And this happens a lot with legacy offices. When you have a legacy hire, someone that's been there for 20 years, they're kind of stuck in their ways, and you try to make a change, you're instantly going to get pushed back because you haven't done it for the past 20 years. Now, again, that person's either going to get on board in my office or they're going to get out of the way, right? You're just not a great fit for us, and I will run lean and mean until I get the right people on the bus. But that's my culture. You have to know what you're willing to do. If you aren't going to, you know, push them aside or make sure they're on board, then this isn't for you. And it's not not going to work out, right? So remember, the, the big overview of this is like any great athlete, any great student, anyone that has a passion for what they're doing, you have to have a plan. You have to know what you're fighting for. Because if you don't know what you're working for, if you're just aimlessly going about things, you're never going to be as pot committed, you're never going to work as hard as you could because you don't really know what you're doing. Okay. And then put in the time, put in the money, have leadership. You'll be successful. Those three things are key. Listen next week. I'll have more for you. All right, my friends, a little office talk. So just going through my Day to day, the thing I've noticed the most in probably the past year as I've started the uh, podcast, started reaching out to more uh, optometrists and talking to people is 
I love to talk optometry. I love the business of optometry. I love hearing what other people are doing. And I think something that I had to do was believe in myself more, right? This is, this sounds kind of obvious, right? This is, this is something that when I say it, I'm like, yeah, of course, but you have to believe in what you're doing. You can't be afraid of everyone around you. When I started cold, I didn't have anyone to really talk to. So I was very insulated. I felt like everyone was out here trying to get me, uh, wanted my business to fail. And if I talked to them or gave away any of my secrets, it'd be the end of me. Well, 10 years later, as I have this podcast and I share what I do, you know, to a T as vividly as I possibly can every week, I know that success in the office, success in optometry really comes down to execution, right? That's why there's a million self-help books. That's why Jeff Bezos can tell you exactly what he does. You can read the, uh, I believe they're called S1s, uh, the stuff about publicly traded companies, and they outline their business plans. They tell you exactly what they're going to do, and they're not afraid of it because they know it comes down to execution. It doesn't matter what you tell other people because they're not going to be as committed to it as you are. Well, by me having that mentality and just believing in myself, I've opened myself up and started talking to other doctors, and it's so refreshing, right? There's so much I've learned from the people around me and been able to contribute to others, and I get it's fulfilling. It's really cool. It's really fun. And that's happened with uh, some of the doctors in the area. I've put it out there that I love sclerals. I like uh, fitting, you know, ortho K lenses if, if, it, if it's the right patients. And I've had patients, other doctors in the area that I know and we've actually communicated with, they're referring me scleral patients. They're referring me myopia management patients. They just don't have the topography. They don't have the skills or time to do it. And they know I do. And that's awesome. And again, I, I reach out to a doctor that just started and referred me a couple of myopia management patients. I know she just bought an office. And I'm like, hey, I was there 10 years ago. I fought the battles you fought. If you just need to reach out to someone, I'm here to help you out. You know, she may, she may not. But I know that if I was on the island when I started and I had someone that said that to me, it would have meant, meant the world. It would have been awesome. I probably would have asked some questions. So moral of that story is, in what you're doing, realize that there is a there is a competitive nature to what we do, right? You're competing against the corporate entities that are around you. You're competing against the other offices. But if you're really successful, you look at the great people in this world, any profession, they don't care what's happening around them because they're so focused on what they're doing. And they know if they do what they set out to do, carry out their plan, no one can compete with them. They're one of a kind they're going to be better for it. And that, that's how I feel. And I think that's how you guys should feel about your offices. Collaborate with others. Take what they say. And a lot of successful offices will tell you something. And it's just going to be like, that's ridiculous. There's no way they would ever work with me. I'm not going to do that. But you'll take a nugget and you'll make it your own and you'll be better for it. So don't be afraid to collaborate. Invariably, you're going to take what they say, make it your own. All right. Number two, my staff. I think more than any other time in my history of the office is the most united we've ever been. Okay. Uh, I have a clear focus for what I want. I have clearly defined rules, all the stuff I've talked about in past episodes I've implemented and I've seen amazing results. Now realize this is coming out of COVID, right? The most difficult time ever of staffing. I look around every business and 
Just drove by, by a big me, big B by me every Tuesday of open interviews. I see Quick Stop down the road is hiring thirteen dollars an hour. Everyone's hiring. Everyone's trying to find workers, and I have a staff that's happy. They're not. I don't think they're trying to leave. If they do, it'll be a surprise to me. But it's because of the environment I've created. You know, I've talked to you. They all get the manicures. It's cool. They talk about that. We have our causes that we all believe in. Everyone set up a thing like Gilda's Club, uh, a horse thing that helps with cancer. Uh, I love DeVos Children's Hospital. We're doing a hand-to-hand ministries. People have their causes and we share in that. We talk about why we like it, why we care about it. And we are, uh, I, I, I say family in a sense of, yeah, we're a family, but there's a business side to it, right? But we're close. We care about each other's lives. We're invested in each other. People are genuinely trying to help each other out. If someone's struggling, we're going to help them out. We are the uh, consummate team. Now, again, someone could leave, and if they do, it's going to happen. I know it's going to happen. This is the nature of my, my age demographic, right? But because of the things I've implemented, I firmly believe I've, I get the right person in here. We have an amazing culture. They'll be just as successful. But it's firing fast, hiring slow, and then taking care of your staff members. You know, we have that simple IRA. They're investing in their future. I care about them. I'm trying to let them know that. And the coolest thing to see is that student intern just comes in and like, hey, I ask her all the time. You know, I'm trying to teach her, hey, how are you doing? And she's like, ah, you're, I'm awesome. I love it here. You guys are so nice. You all help me out. Uh, she's like, you're a great teacher. I love to learn from you. That's cool because I'm not doing anything other than having fun like hey this is really cool to, yesterday i showed her retinoscopy right I, I i'm going through and showing her all the equipment and one of the pieces of equipment i show is the ret retinoscope because i think it's the one of the most important tools i have and again you guys may think i'm crazy but it saved me a million times i think it makes your exam that much more efficient that much more uh quick when you have someone that's giving you answers you don't trust right uh but i showed her that and she's doing it She's one of the people, and you guys all know this from optometry school, that can't close one eye at a time. Like, literally, it's like, how do I close the other eye? And she's trying to look through the scope, and it's like three inches from her eye. I'm like, of course you can't see that. And then she gets up to her eye, and it's five feet away from the fropter on the other side. I'm like, where are you looking over there? And it's just, it was one of the most fun things I've done, and she had fun with it. But it reminded me back to when I was a student. And remember when we did this, and we are like, how am I ever going to be a doctor? How many times did you guys say that? And I'm like, you're going to be fine. Just you're learning. You've never touched this thing before. But we were so hard on ourselves. I think you have to get people around you that look up to you, that believe like you're where they want to be. It gives you so much perspective, like how far you've come. And then to remember that whatever your battle you're fighting right now of like starting a niche or building your office or whatnot. 10 years from now, you're going to look back and be like, hey, you're going to be fine. Just keep doing what you're doing. Put in the time, put in the money, you know, have the right leadership in your, in your office and you're going to get there. Right. So I think that's really cool. That's kind of what I got for you this week. One of the cool things I'm going to uh, have probably next week, a couple of things. I think this was a really popular segment last, uh, last time I did it is I have unique patient situations that come in and I just kind of walk you through how I dealt with them. Sometimes it's cool to get ideas. Maybe you'll do it. Maybe you won't, but I'll share that with you next week. 
where or where did the time go? Where did the closing thought of the episode? So one of the things that I heard on one of the podcasts I was listening to this week was that advice that a dad gave to his daughter and his kids that are going to college is he's like, when you go to college, go out, have fun, you know, make it so your schedule is, you know, you have class Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, you have a short day Thursday and you're off Fridays. Like do whatever you got to do to experience college, right? He goes, have fun with that, but make sure the moment you graduate, you're ready to go. Okay. So if you're in college and you're like, you got the summer off, don't, don't kill yourself. Like go backpack, travel, do whatever you need to do during that time, right? That's what college years are for. But the moment you get out of school, be ready. Because you never know if that first job you get is going to be the opportunity of a lifetime. If the person that you went to school with is going to start the next Amazon and he wants you to be on the on his team, right? Or you get an opportunity to open an office in an environment that is your dream location, right? Your hometown, there's a spot, there's an opportunity. Are you ready to go? Or did you go so hard that you burn yourself out that you're not ready to go when you graduate? That's when you want to take the summer off or you want to find yourself, do something like that. That's not what the real world is going to do, right? When you get to the real world, when you get into life, it's going to give you a certain amount of opportunities. You're either going to seize them or they're going to pass you by and you may not get a second chance. So again, we're if you're listening to this, you might be in that position where you're getting ready to get get out there and get that opportunity. Or you may be where I'm at now. I've been out for 10 years, but now you have this mentality that you're dialed in that if something comes across your path, you're ready to go, right? That's what I've been doing these past 10 years is paying off my student loans, getting the house that I want, getting the environment, the situation. So now I can start stacking cash where if an opportunity comes up where I can buy a new office or I can get into a buy real estate or uh, another business opportunity comes, I'm ready to jump and seize on it. If the world has a recession, I can be on the sidelines with a bunch of cash just buying up everything on sale, right? That's what I've worked so hard to get to. Are you guys doing that with your environment? Are you guys ready to make make a move to make yourself better, to set yourself up for the rest of your life? I guess that's that's the thing that I, I took from what I'm going to advise my kids and then how do I apply that to myself? I'm just ready to go whenever the opportunity arises. So, you know, you never know when that day is going to be the day. Make the most of it. Dr. Lily out. We want to thank you for listening to today's episode and hope that you found a pearl to apply to your practice. We believe as a community, there is much wisdom to be shared. So if you have questions, suggestions, or requests, we want to know. Feel free to reach out to us via social media and leave a comment or email us at theultimateodpodcast at gmail.com so we can make this podcast even better for you. Be sure to subscribe, rate, and review, and we'll catch you again next week.